In our lives, we set patterns and we create patterns. These create modes or modalities and ways for other people to to create those same patterns onward throughout time. There's lots of different ways that pattern can be described. A regular and intelligible formal sequence is one way to look at it. So something that repeats. I like the intelligible because there's some sense of a consciousness or an intelligence to pattern a way that something is done. So so again, that kind of denotes habits and behaviours and rituals, cycles, human, non-human. And there's also to set, set, this is a kind of definition, kind of Oxford def- definition, but to set an example for others to follow. A shared awareness and understanding of pattern will positively shape the future. It's firstly that we become more aware and we start to see with this this new in inverted commas way of looking and seeing and really really appreciating and noticing the interconnectedness and really seeing that visually but also it's this way of it's this way of being and this 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 next layer which comes through an awareness which is understanding which is much more around how we can start to live through pattern and how can we start to live in a way that is interconnected which then feeds into say um, habit change society um, systems change politics you know it goes into health it goes into so many different areas when we start to feed through the awareness and the visualization of pattern into the implementation and change in our lives and in our wider lives in our culture it's much you just sitting in my allotment on my community allotment which is really really lovely place to be it's, a, it's kind of evening time so it's it's a kind of hubbub of people around doing their evening things. Oh, it's the clap. So I'm holding in my hand a beautiful um, it's a piece of ammonite. It's a kind of dark ochre kind of wood 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 like color actually and there's all sorts of different colors and textures within the spiral i've never really looked at it this closely as, as i am now i am a, a spiral obsessive but there's something in the shape of the spiral that for me is just so powerful in that it really reminds me of of life and how so many things in life 
grow in this spiraling pattern or shape, whether it's a seed kind of, or coming out of the ground or a fern, you know, the, the spiraling crown of the baby's head or the Milky Way galaxy. It represents this feeling of coming home to oneself and coming home to one's place within this greater whole. They just remind me of this cyclical nature of life and how everything is moving in these constant phases of expansion and contraction and growth and dying down and going back and then emerging again. And we're, we're living in these constant rhythms, these constant cycles of, of expansion and contraction and, and everything, everything in life adheres to those, that pattern, that cycle, that rhythm. And I think the spiral can have quite a lot of negative connotations. For many, I think when you mention a spiral, people think of going in a downward spiral. And I suppose there is that layer. We all go down downward spirals. We all need to spiral back down at times, but it can also be obviously an upward spiral and how we connect upwards. But the two need to be honoured, really. We're all together in this. We're all spiralling in the same motion and we have a spiral within our DNA. You know, I feel like we are all spirals. We are all fractals of the whole. There is a path that we can take in life and we, we never know what's around the corner. If you're in a spiral and it's 3D and you're looking forwards, you're never going to see what's around the corner. And I think there's a philosophy in that, in life of just trusting in the flow of life, literally. It is, for me, the, the, the pattern of, of life, of nature. And if we can harmonise with that, I think there's, there's real power in that. The stripe, conversely, is, is more around structure and it makes me think of very man-made constructs and senses of time. So like spreadsheets, I think of like emails or to-do lists and graphs and built architecture and the material world. Perhaps this, the spiral is slightly more immaterial and actually it's not to disregard the stripe. The stripe gives us ways of doing and we need to, I, I feel, find a balance in our lives between the spiral and the stripe and actually if we can start to, to navigate life with knowing when we're in stripey mode or doing mode or we're maybe in the, in the spiral and we're in a place of creativity and, and maybe a bit more chaotic and if we can start to dance between this structure and this flow and find a kind of more balanced harmony with the two and a resonance, I think that's that's the kind of future I'd like to see. Started learning to bake more lately, which is really nice. I mean, it's, yeah, just the stuff that you're able to do when you move to a slightly different rhythm. I just saw a message. It was actually from my business partner, Grace, my creative partner, business partner. Business partner doesn't often feel quite right. She's my collaborator who I've created paternity with. And she's telling me that her the first day of her period today, we work cyclically at paternity. So for us, like our cycle as women is a creative cycle that moves within us each each month. So for her today, she's on day one. That means I, mean, I knew that she was already coming up to her bleed. Um that means that she will be taking a day of rest today and she'll be letting her body and letting all the hormones that her body is releasing flood through her system and heal her and she will go into this place that is a place of reconnection back to self and back to her creative core 
before we knew about all of this, we would just work through like most people do. I would I would get awful pains, so I'd take loads of painkillers. And often I would get really low and down and, and Grace, Grace would get more angry and frustrated. And that's purely because our bodies were just calling for us to stop and just seeing what emerges in me, what creativity wants to come through me when I don't, when I'm not in a doing mode. You know, it's been marketed as the curse. I mean, and it's the greatest, it's actually the greatest gift but we just haven't been taught. We haven't been taught that it is. And I think we've got a lot of unlearning to do um, around that, a lot of unlearning, and we've got a lot of repatterning. Um, and it's the hardest thing of all to do nothing. It's virtually impossible. And I don't always do it. I can't always do it. So I'd say these are probably done now. Two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, thirteen. I'm lucky for some. When I was a little girl, I used to walk around with a little note notepad around my, <laughs> around my neck, and I used to literally jot down kind of when I'd see something that was different or I'd see a change. So I'd I remember one was like looking at the vicar, and I was writing that he had new shiny shoes or his shoes were shinier. So I was always looking looking and noticing a lot. My mum was a gardener as well, and she always used to encourage me to just look so closely at, say, the speckles on a, the back of a ladybird or the dots on the back of a baby um, ladybird or on a leaf um, or really looking, at, looking and seeing. I've always, I look back at pictures of myself as a child and I had these kind of very open, very curious eyes I actually had a period in my life where I felt like I was actually going quite mad because I was seeing pattern everywhere. I was feeling, seeing the beauty, actually, the inspiration of, you know, pattern on a broken on a broken paving stone or in, in glass or in an oil slick on the street or in an amazing cloud formation. But I didn't have anywhere to, cha- to channel that and I didn't feel I could actually share it in any one single discipline. So I actually kind of had a series of like meltdowns through my education because I just was like, well, it's not science, it's not, it's not um, art, it's it's not philosophy, it's it's all of these things, and that was quite hard at one point, but now is is a blessing because it's it, I've kind of found paternity to be a channel to share how it is all these different things and they're all interconnected. So today is a new day. <laughs> I'm a bit groggy. I'm watching the plant on the balcony with all the patterns of the leaves and the light on the floor, shadows. There's lots of energy flying around. Today is the new moon. Well, only really for the last three months or so have I taken this day as a day of rest for myself. Traditionally, this is again, this is what our ancestors would have done. There was no light in the sky at night and it was a time for 
rest and stillness and often a time for just coming back to self and the earth and embracing the, the void, really, embracing the darkness. It's just not about allowing the outside in just for this one day or this one morning or one hour, even if you're stuck for time. I wouldn't watch things on TV or listen to podcasts because that's more outside information coming in. This is a day of really attuning to what is in you, what needs to be given space. And I feel so many of us have so much to share with others, but we often don't give that much space in our lives as they are currently arranged. I actually spoke to a friend of mine the other evening and um, he spent, has spent a lot of time in Plum Village, which is a, a Buddhist retreat that was, was started um, or was led by um, Thich Nhat Hanh, who's one of my favourite Buddhist teachers. One of the things that the monks do there is greet each other and ask how they've been lazy today. <laughs> and I just love that, as in laziness is key. And actually, we need to laze now and again. There's something very gentle in rest, but there's something also very strong and powerful in allowing yourself that rest and not orienting yourself around the need to be busy or the need to be seen to be busy. So I'm going to wrap myself up in some blankets and I'm just going to be here here now in the in the words of oasis I'm just sitting in Hampstead Heath this is my favorite place to be my happy place for sure love being here there's been a lot coming up lately there's been a lot of big questions in in my life in the collective around inequality and just how deeply 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 interwoven in our the very fabric of our culture in our own biases in our own ways of being is it's such an important time for this awareness of interconnectedness but also difference and how we have come to have these biases and, and that we might not consciously feel that we have them but there needs to be an acknowledgement and acceptance that we that we do and that we're part of onward patterning that shapes the way we see the way we act and to really acknowledge that we are complicit and even if we feel that we haven't done anything wrong or it's not our problem because we're not in, we're not racist. We might not think that we're racist. We might not think that we other others. Again, it's this what I feel like is happening right now is this this awakening to the power of pattern interconnectedness. And that these systems and structures that have built up over many, many years are causing harm. I think there's something of the intellectual that we can understand this stuff, but actually it has to be on a felt, embodied layer. So it's powerful stuff. And it's recalibrating the fabric of our system, and that is super powerful, and I've certainly been feeling it.
love you. Please forgive me. I'm sorry. Thank you. I love you. Please forgive me. I'm sorry. Thank you. So I found the Honeypopo through an article, um, Please Forgive Me, that was about a psychologist who his patient was having a psychological downward spirals and his therapist used the Honeypopo by way of saying that unless we integrate that we are complicit, essentially in everything, in everyone's pain and discomfort, and know that we are part of that person's psychotic episode. We are part of that person's depression. We are part of the homeless person on the street. We are part of racist attacks. We are part of white supremacy. We are part of mining in the Amazon. And maybe we need to go to those depths sometimes. Maybe we need to feel that pain and the anger and that sadness, but let it be fuel for change. I love you. Please forgive me. Sorry. Thank you. So I'm currently sitting on Hampstead Heath and the year is 2050. And this same spot has looked exactly the same for the whole time I've been coming up here for over 50 years now. And the world outside of This patch of green is a very interesting place. So much has changed in the last 20 years. And there were some very significant moments in 2020 that really started to heighten people's consciousness. And there was something in that moment that enabled people to sense unseen patterns. And in the years that came, there were many, many, many breakdowns in the system, people didn't want to go back to normal when the lockdown was eased. People started to question the system which they had been so autopilot within. They started to question what they bought and how they spent their money. People started to awaken. People worked less and people felt like they contribute. And they started to realise that the huge wave of depression and anxiety in our culture was, and suicide was linked, and, and disease in general was linked to a feeling of not contributing to something and not feeling in service to a greater whole. And our individualism had just gone too far and people were so unhappy. We started to redefine what success meant. And we did that by listening to quieter voices, by repressed voices, making space and stepping back. We listened more. We made space for listening more. Communities became stronger and people started to do their work. Slowly but surely, people started to reconnect the disconnect that had hurt their souls for so long and caused them so much pain and a discomfort that they couldn't really put into words. So there was a huge shift and a real earthing into the earth and a real recognition that we are part of the earth. And though we are different and acknowledging difference and wanting to care more, we also realise our interdependence, our interconnectedness. And as I sit here now in the year 2050, 
I still wonder what the future will be like. I still wonder how future generations will feel. I still wonder if we're sowing the right seeds for the future in this moment. Because we still have a lot to learn. <laughs>